the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, November the 16th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On November 16th, 1907, Oklahoma became the 46th state of the Union. Today, in 1914, the newly created Federal Reserve Banks opened in 12 cities. Today, in 1933, the United States and the Soviet Union established diplomatic relations. Today, in 1960, Academy Award-winning actor Clark Gable, he died in Los Angeles. He was 59 years old. Today, in 1991, former Louisiana Governor Edwin Edwards, he won a landslide victory in his bid to return to office. The guy he defeated, you may remember, he defeated State Representative David Duke. David Duke was a former Ku Klux Klan leader. It was quite a quite a deal during that 1991 election cycle. I remember it well. Today, in 2004, President George W. Bush picked National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice to be his new Secretary of State. She succeeded Colin Powell. Colin Powell was a disappointment to me, and I think to many. He kind of came in, he great. I mean, he had a great, a stellar career in the, in the military, I understand. But he kind of came into prominence in politics with the Republicans, with Bush in particular. And as it turned out, he really didn't like the Republican Party, didn't like their policies, and didn't like a lot of the people in the Republican Party. You never know. Today in 2006... Democrats embraced Nancy Pelosi. She became the first female House Speaker in the history of the United States. But then they turned around and selected Steny Hoyer as a majority leader against Pelosi's wishes. She fought tooth and nail to get them just minutes after she became the Speaker of the House. She fought tooth and nail to get them not to choose Denny Hoyer, because she didn't like him. But they went ahead and did it anyway. Politics, a lot of times, don't make sense. Last night, in fact, speaking of politics, last night, the Democratic National Committee headquarters in uh, Washington, D.C., there was a demonstration demonstration there for a ceasefire in the war between Israel and Hamas, the latest reflection of boiling tensions over the bloody conflict this has been going on for quite some time, but it really erupted last night uh, in uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, the, the news coming out of there this morning says scores of Democrat representatives and candidates, including House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, were inside the building for a campaign reception when it was interrupted by chanting outside. Oh, the Republican. No, it wasn't the Republicans. It was some of their own brethren in their leftist party. 
Protesters said they wanted to block entrances and exits to force the politicians to encounter their candlelight vigil and their calls for an end to the fighting. Many of them wore black shirts saying, cease fire now. The situation swiftly devolved. Capitol, uh, U.S. Capitol Police said that about 150 people were illegally and violently protesting in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Washington, D.C., but protesters blamed the police for the violence. They came to save the politicians inside the building, and then the politicians inside the building blamed the police, and so did the rioters. So they had a they had a kind of a common bond there, and um, the uh, among the rioters or among the peaceful protesters, as they like to say, which wasn't peaceful was that Rabbi Jessica Rosenberg. Remember that man? I, I talked about him, I think it was last week on this program. I mean, it's, it's, there's no way to describe the way he presents himself. He identifies as a woman. Rabbi Jessica Rosenberg. He's a man with a beard. And um, he, he, he got some PR last week. And so he's he's working his newfound fame, I guess. He was out there, and um, he's the one that, that interrupted Biden's speech at a re- recent uh, fundraiser in Minneapolis. We talked about that on the program. He, he, he said Democrats are not, I mean, they're calling him she, but he's not a she. He said Democrats are not listening to the people whom they claim to represent. And he said, actions like this are only going to increase. So they're promising more attacks on their own people, their own brethren in the Democratic Party. He he said, we're not slowing down. The call for a ceasefire is going to keep growing, and our representatives need to take action yesterday. So that's kind of the uh, latest update on the Democratic Party and what they're doing, trying to do, and trying to avoid doing, have a lot of pressure in politics today on both sides, both sides of the wall. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A lively hope to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, 4, and 5. Ronald Reagan once said, it's been quoted a thousand times, if, if it's been quoted at all, and it has, He said, I've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. I don't know how many times I've heard that quote by other people. But it strikes at the heart of the whole abortion movement. Everyone who is for abortion has already been born. (laughs) In other words, the unborn child does not have a voice particularly among those who wish to kill him or her if they're unwanted or inconvenient. He made some remarks, Ronald Reagan made some remarks at a March for Life rally. 
He said, and I quote him, he said, and yet our opponents tell us not to interfere with abortion. They tell us not to impose our morality on those who wish to allow or participate in taking of the life of infants before birth. He said, yet no one calls it imposing morality to prohibit the taking of a life after a child is born. Well, we've moved further to the left since Reagan made these comments. But nonetheless, he said, he said we've told, we're told about a woman's right to control her own body. But doesn't the unborn child have a higher right, and that is to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Reagan never blinked on abortion. I think today we're having some problems, some issues within the Republican Party, and I want to talk to you about that very candidly and very directly today. Since Roe v. Wade was essentially overturned, the abortion industry has been busy reinventing itself. We knew that would happen. We all did. The secular progressives can't live without abortion on demand. The abortion activist group, Shout Your Abortion, maybe you haven't heard of them before, but they're getting active and more and more money is flowing to them as we speak. They have posted six billboards across Interstate 55, which stretches across five pro-life states. Your immediate response could be like mine might be if I didn't know what I know about this. So well, I don't live on Highway 55, Interstate 55 out there somewhere. A lot of people do it. A lot of people travel it. But these billboards feature several messages. And the media is becoming real interested in these signs. They're starting to talk about it, including Associated Press and others. These signs that are placed along Interstate 55 feature several messages, including God's plan includes abortion. That's all the sign says, but it plants a seed. Some of the other signs say abortion is okay. You are loved. I want to talk to you a little bit about what's behind this. One of the leaders of the group says, we are so proud of these billboards. If you see one on I-55, take a pic and let us know. Good luck to anyone having an abortion today. The left is trying to give abortion a rebirth, a new face. Since Roe v. Wade was put to sleep, almost, and we thank God for that, the left has risen from their ashes, and they are trying to give rebirth to abortion with a smiley face, a new face. It's okay. It's like getting a shot when Dr. Fauci tells you to get one. It's a happy place, or whatever. We need to be informed. We need to know what's happening. Since the Republican Party failed to do as well as expected in the recent off-year election, and we talked about that here earlier this month, in the last election, in fact, they did horribly, um, worse than anyone thought going in. The new talking point, though, as a result of that loss and others in the run-up to this last election, just what what's it been a couple of weeks ago, um, the new talking point of the moderate Republicans 
is that the party must moderate their position on abortion because that issue was the reason that a number of Republicans, and some are saying all of the Republicans that lost, did not win their races. That's the conclusion. So going forward, pro-life people must be discerning and vigilant regarding Republican candidates' views on abortion. They're not going to be saying maybe what Ronald Reagan said. But we need to be tuned in on this because there is not a, a, a political issue, in my view, that is more important than life. God breathed life into us. He created us in his image and his likeness. It's not our right to kill little babies, whether they're in or out of the womb. It just isn't. And while it may be coming in vogue in the political circles, it, it appears it is on both sides, it is not in vogue with God. God says, thou shalt not commit murder. And somehow we've kind of brushed that aside and said, well, that, you know, no longer is abortion the backroom killing of an unwanted, unborn child. But it is now being presented by the industry as a celebration of life. God's plan includes abortion. Abortion is okay. You are loved. You are loved. And let me be very clear. If you're listening today and you've had an abortion, God, if you've asked, God has forgiven you. God will forgive you. And you need not carry the burden of that sin. But abortion is sin. It is wrong. It is not health care. It is murdering an inconvenient, unwanted child. And I would rather not say that. I know it can be offensive. I understand that. But the truth is worth the risk, I can tell you. And you need to know. And if you haven't asked God to forgive you, please do. He will. He'll forgive you of all of your sins. But don't carry the burden. And please don't please don't conclude that I'm targeting you today because I'm not. I'm simply saying this whole movement of abortion is so misleading. And women, millions of women are being misled. That's why they fight so violently at these abortion, little abortion businesses around Planned Parenthood and and others, but mostly Planned Parenthood. That's why they fight so vigorously when people stand out there and even just pray. They fight them. They try to get them, you know, arrested and on and on it goes. We talk about that from time to time. They are violently opposed to anyone who opposes abortion. It's almost possessive in its characteristics. But it's not. It's not a backroom killing of an unwanted, unborn child anymore. They are recasting the whole thing, as progressives do, as a celebration of life to get an abortion. In fact, they say God's plan includes abortion. (laughs) You're loved. You are loved. God loves you. If you've had an abortion, God loves you. He'll forgive you. Pro-abortion activist group Shout Your Abortion has posted six billboards along this interstate that stretches across five pro-life states. The billboards feature these messages that I just mentioned. The organization says we are proud of these billboards. If you could see one on I-55, take a pic and let us know. Good luck to everyone having an abortion 
today. This Amelia Brown, she co-founded this Shout for Abortion. That's the name of their organization. Started really small, but it's gaining quite a bit of steam and attention, and the money is starting to flow to it, I'm, I'm told. But anyway, she... This She says this Interstate 55 carries tens of thousands of abortion seekers out of southern states to Illinois, where abortion is legal. I-55 is covered with horrific shaming billboards, she says. In other words, people putting up billboards. I don't know what they say. I didn't look into it, but they're supposedly pro-life. And they are saying that they are shaming billboards. Maybe they are shaming. I don't know what they're saying. But anyway, this is a corridor where women in the South are driving to Illinois because abortion is readily available in the state of Illinois. That's why all these signs are being placed on this Interstate 55. She says it feels good to think that we could have made somebody's experience just a little bit easier. Amelia Banau, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's 38 years old. She's the executive director of Shout Your uh, Abortion, told the Washington Post, that more and more are beginning to be attracted to their organization because of the way they're presenting it. She said, we're so proud of these billboards. She said, tens of thousands of abortion seekers out of the southern states to Illinois pass by these these boards. And she said, I-55 I is covered with horrific shaming billboards. And so they are the answer to the shaming billboards. The shaming billboards have to do with not they're trying to convince women not to have an abortion. Back in 2018, this left-wing activist explained why she helped start the Shout Your Abortion movement. She said, when I found out that the House of Representatives had voted to defund Planned Parenthood, I kind of unraveled. She said in Oprah Winfrey's magazine, Oprah, in July of 2018, she said, I opened Facebook and without thinking, I wrote, like a year ago, I had an abortion at Planned Parenthood. And I remember this experience with a nearly inexpressible level of gratitude. So her, her, her experience at Planned Parenthood with getting an abortion was, was gratitude. She said, I hit, post, uh, I hit post 153 words later and everything changed. So she wrote this, she hesitated, then she posted it on f- Facebook or whatever. Uh, Facebook, yeah. She said at the time, on September 19th, 2015, I blew up my life. Not intentionally. She said, I was in Seattle looking forward to finishing a master's program in mental health counseling. In fact, I was supposed to be writing a paper when I found out that the House of Representatives had voted to defund Planned Parenthood. I kind of unraveled, sitting on my couch, crying, wondering, what's, what's, who's standing up for the clinical workers? and for women who have abortions. But after the House vote, it struck me that the times I'd ranted about abortion rights, I hadn't actually invoked my own experience. She said on some level, I'd internalized the stigma, though I honestly wasn't ashamed. Then why hide? It wasn't out of character for me to disclose something so personal online. What was out of character for me was my silence. So now she's decided to speak out, and she formed this organization with another woman, and here we are. She says, with my Facebook post, I put everything on the line. 
It never occurred to me to go back to school or continue my life as it had been. She said, hashtag shout your abortion has been tweeted more than 300,000 times. We're a legit organization and we'll public our first book this fall. So fast, fast forward five years. The Daily Wire says Banau's friend Lindy West saw Banau's Facebook post. She wrote, with her permission, I screen grabbed Amelia's post and put it out on Twitter with a hashtag that seemingly wrote itself. Don't whisper. Shout your abortion. The Daily Wire notes that uh, in addition to the questions of morality when it comes to abortion, they note that a 2018 study published in the British Journal of Psychiatry that examined about 160,000 women who had undergone an abortion, they stated, quote, Women who had undergone an abortion experienced an 81% increased risk of mental health problems and nearly 10% of the incidence of mental health problems was shown to be attributable to abortion. Tighter laws protecting unborn children, especially throughout the South, went into effect following the overturning of Roe v. Wade, these ladies say. So that's what's driving them. That's the motivation. Eight days ago on NBC, last Wednesday, NBC weighed in on the matter, taking a closer look at the two Republican candidates who are ahead in the presidential candidate race, except for Trump. He's about 40-some points. I mean, it varies, but he's, he's a bunch. I didn't check it this morning, but he's 40-some points ahead of all the others, maybe 50 at this point. I don't know. He's a lot. I mean, it's insurmountable, really. NBC says DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, signed a 15-week abortion ban into law in 2022, which is currently before his state Supreme Court. They say if upheld, NBC says if upheld, a six-week abortion ban he quietly signed into law earlier this year, will take effect. He said he's going to sign pro-life legislation, but he recognizes in the wake of the Dobbs decision that states will come down differently. As we, And we as conservatives, they quote Ron DeSantis as saying, we as conservatives have to do a better job of messaging and working on the issue. What does that mean? Working on the issue. Well, I understand the messaging, but are you not either for abortion or against abortion? I mean, can you be, is there a middle ground on life and death? Is there any kind of an experience that isn't life or death? This concerns me. He said Congress is dysfunctional. They are. And they're unlikely to pass a bill like a 15-week abortion ban. Yeah, they probably are. They are dysfunctional. There's no question about that. The network, NBC, also said Nikki Haley, meanwhile, has framed herself as staunchly anti-abortion, but has not put forward a specific policy position. She's tried to thread the needle on the issue on multiple occasions, saying she wants to seek consensus on the issue. I got to tell you, a few days ago, I began to hear this word consensus in relationship to abortion. To me, that and some of you won't agree with me. I understand that, and I respect that. 
I love you anyway, sort of. No, I, I do. But some of you aren't going to agree with me on this. I understand. But when I start hearing the word consensus, that's not a bad thing if you're on, you know, a if you're on a committee in your town to decide which potholes to get fixed and which are I mean, consensus can be a good thing in certain situations. But when you're talking about life and death, when you're talking about God's laws and God's principles, you can't always reach a consensus. In fact, Jesus was pretty direct that you won't for the most part because he said, because they hated me first, they're going to hate you as well. And he was talking about those who oppose his teachings, Christianity as we know it. The network said Nikki Haley has framed herself as staunchly anti-abortion, but she wants to seek consensus. It's a message that some Republicans see as a good way to move forward on an issue that they need to solve in order to get winning elections again, <laughs> NBC says. And there are those who agree. I mean, they're right. I don't agree with NBC very often, but there are they are right in what they're saying about this, or at least this part of it. The Republican National Committee chairwoman, this Ronna McDaniel, she told NBC's Today on Wednesday, last, uh, last Wednesday, that she also believed that they had to seek a consensus position. She said, what I do think is our candidates have to talk about this. She said, we can't put our head in the sand. We can't let Democrats define us. I understand that many in America are addicted to abortion as a means of birth control. I get that. I don't agree with it 100%, but I get what they're saying. I mean, they don't want to have a baby, and sometimes it's because out of fear, because they don't have enough money to support it and so on. At least they feel they don't. But if the word consensus really means compromise, and I'm beginning to believe it does, on the issue of life itself, the political losses have not yet begun. Do Republicans really believe that Democrats will vote for them if they compromise on abortion? They're lost in their own importance. If the Republican position evolves to some kind of a compromise or a consensus, a good number of the 50 to 70 million evangelical voters will walk away. I wouldn't expect McDaniel to fully understand that, but I am disappointed that Haley and DeSantis don't. They should. But apparently they don't. We'll see where Trump lands on this issue, but... All of them, including Trump, you need to pay attention, and we need to pay attention to what they're really saying about abortion, because if the Republican Party is going to slide into some kind of a consensus, it didn't work with Hitler, and it's not going to work with life. We either are for life or we're not for life. And you say, well, Gary, you're missing the whole point. You got it. You have to use strategy, and you have to... I understand all that. But I also understand compromise, and I've seen it destroy too many lives in my life of ministry. And I have the opportunity to speak out about it, and I'm, I'm doing it. In 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 14, King Solomon compromised with the wicked. He married strange women. He built idols of heathen gods. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. I'm paraphrasing. And by his acts, corrupted successive generations. The compromises of this Good men at one time were like a bag of poison cast into a spring of water from which the entire nation drank. All indications are that Solomon compromised 
with God's way because of expediency. He decided to give in to his wife's idolatrous practices and personal and political peace or advantage. And that's what compromise is. Expediency is doing or considering what is of selfish use of advantage rather than what is right or just. Expediency is always based on self-interest. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.